What's up, podcast listeners? It's Andy. It's Drew. It's February 2023 as of this recording, and we are at episode 125 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Hi, Andy. Hi, producer Robin. Hello. Well, that was very curt, Robin. I'm wondering why my... How oh, are you no, feeling, Robin? I'm feeling great. Okay. Sorry, I was uh, in technical... Andy, space. I got to tell you, I... I, we, I miss you guys now that we're mm-hmm. kind of doing every other episode, or every other week, rather. If you're a, a, a returning listener, welcome. If you're a new listener, welcome. But we do a, a podcast. It's kind of go, gum, become every other week. And Robin, I haven't seen you recently. I got to tell you, there is a movie that sums up mm-hmm. producer Robin in a nutshell. Oh. oh, can I have fun with this or not? <laughs> yeah, you want to make a guess? You want to make a go, go ahead. No, I'll get in trouble. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Have so my son obviously is young, and so we're watching you know cartoons and everything. Have you seen the movie Trolls? No. Oh my goodness, Trolls is great. It's a cartoon. It's all about these these trolls that are are their life is about singing and dancing and sparkles and <laughs> glitter. And it's just, it's, it's you. It's, it, you need to we'll watch, it. To watch it. Maybe, it's oh, well, it's well, you kind of, you kind of saved your story. Cause when I thought of trolls, <laughs> oh. I was like, those who just like look and gossip and pick <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, not I mean, the internet. Glitz and glamour. That's Robin. Yes, That's Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a character called sparkles literally in it. So oh, that, that would I be, it. I think your troll name. Okay, that's interesting, Drew, but can we get on with the show? Okay, Drew, did you tell everybody that we are local pastors who desire to have casual conversations for the good of the people of Castleberry about Castleberry-related issues? And our guests are people who've got a connection with Castleberry. we got a great guest coming up. I'm glad that we're together. Drew, I, I am relieved that we're together because producer Robin and I both know that you are on Baby Watch. Yes, that is correct. Baby Watch uh, at the Taylor House is in full swing. Uh, my wife actually had an appointment this past Monday, uh, hoping that the doctor might say, "Actually, you're, you know, you're you're good. Uh, the twins are are fully developed and and ready to go early." But uh, alas, she's still pregnant. Um, but it will be in the next probably three weeks from the time of our recording. So looking at mid to late. February. Wow. What? Coming what very, very soon. I just got a text from Becky. She <laughs> says, Andy, I can't get a hold of Drew. Please tell him that I've gone to the supermarket for dinner. Okay. <laughs> Probably some All ice right, cream. She's, she's really into oh, sweets Oh, is ice right cream now. her craving? Yeah, it's ice cream's her craving All for right. sure. Yeah. Robin, sparkles. Be- or sparkles, whatever you prefer to go by. Give the people a snake update. You, in case, if you're a, if you're a long-time listener, you know, <laughs> Robin update. has a, Robin has a pet snake. Yeah, that was a rough transition, Drew, from, <laughs> from twins, eminent twins to a snake well, update. Well, and I have no human children on my own. I do have a 20-year-old snake. Oh, he 20, can snake 20 years old? 20 years old, yes, a young adult. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible like, driver. It's middle age. license last year. But he does absolutely nothing but pokes his head out to see if I'm going to feed him. So he's living his best life. It's not a bad life. Um, have it's you had him for 20 years? I have, since I was 20 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> since you were two. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, and how long do snakes live? Um, he should have a life, like 30 to 40 years. Oh. So hopefully he's 40. <laughs> well, Robin, your snake will probably outlive me. Mm. <laughs> if you keep talking the way you want <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll make Burn. sure that he gets fed, Andy, if that's mm-hmm. right. No, that's, that's, that's too morbid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, <laughs> might be cheaper than cremation. Yeah. Well, anyway. listener, if you can't tell, if you can't tell already, we the three of us love uh, joking around and and poking fun with one another. Uh, I think it's time then. Uh, it's appropriate to move into our next segment, which is the dad joke of the week. All right. Are you Andy? All right, you want here to go we first go. You want me to? No, you can go first. Okay. I'm just intrigued by how this is going to go, listeners. We have a little script that we try to follow. You wouldn't notice that, but on that script, it kind of says, "Robin, do not read this part," <laughs> because Drew doesn't want to give away the punchline. Confession: for you. So, I um, didn't read any of the script. <laughs> fantastic. There's the problem, Drew. <laughs> That's why these episodes are going off the rails so often. Well, here we go, listener. This is my. Uh, Dad joke of the week, and if you've been listening for a while, you know I try to theme my jokes kind of based on the the guest or maybe a news topic or whatever. So uh, our our guest today is involved in the faith community, the nonprofit community, and so I felt like making kind of a faith based, church based joke. Of course, I am a pastor in town, as as my co host Andy is. So uh, Andy, I this is not a joke though. Andy, I, I visited your church last week. <gasps> <laughs> Robin, he didn't. And I'm, I'm already, I'm already laughing. All right, here we go. Um, I neither did you, Robin, but that's another story. And I noticed you, uh, you, you made the announcement that there was a, a meeting for the church board immediately after the service. They were bored at church. Robin, 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 Robin might know where this is going. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Robin, you, you should read the notes. Don't tell Robin not to read the notes. Okay. So, there, so yes, so there was I did a, announce so there was, that there was yes. a board meeting so after church. So there was church. a church board meeting, and uh, after the service, I saw some folks there in the back where Andy had said it was going to be, so I wandered back there myself, uh, but I was confused. Andy, you told me, to uh, that this was for the the church members to attend this church board meeting, but I went back there to say after your sermon, I was just about as bored as <laughs> anyone else coming to the meeting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Redeem this portion, my man. Okay. Redeem this, Doug. <laughs> okay. These, unlike yours, Drew, are not themed. Um, I've uh, I've actually got a new hobby. I've been uh, experimenting. With breeding racing deer. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> People accuse me of just trying to make a fast buck. <laughs> That's I don't know how to feel about that. Come on, that was much better than Drew's. Okay, I, I, seriously, you know I like to read. Mm-hmm. Just read a book about a detective about a detective that solves crimes purely by chance. You know what it's called? What? Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Uh, I would like to point out that Drew takes time to find these jokes on his own where you are being fed them. Doug, I, I, I'm going to the source. I've, I'm I've got a good off. source. I've got a good source. Uh, one, one more, one more. My grandpa used to tell me when one door closes, another one opens. He was a great man, but a horrible cabinet maker. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The dad <laughs> jokes and the Doug jokes of the week. I love it. <laughs> well, transitioning, and it's honestly hard sometimes to transition to a, a little bit heavier, weightier topic, but uh, we want to speak to just the, the good work and sometimes the, the necessary difficult work of our local police force. If you have not already, listener, go back to our most recent episode, episode number 124, where we interviewed the chief of the Castleberry Police Department, Larry Krantz. He is a a wonderful gentleman and leader, uh, but he was called in action along with our local Castleberry Police Force. Uh, Recently, uh, there was a a shooting and and actually a death 
of a, a gentleman uh, by the name Derek Cummings, who is actually a local musical performer. His performer name was Antoine Miles. Uh, he was shot at Carrington Park Condos there. Uh, I think that's off 436. But the uh, Castleberry police, thankfully, uh, acted immediately. They apprehended the, the chief suspect, and uh, we are thankful for Chief Larry, of course, and, and really the entire Castleberry Police Department. Andy, you have kind of a unique perspective serving as the, the, the pol- one of the police chaplains there. Could you just speak to kind of what goes through uh, when there's a call like that? Yeah, and I mean, it's not just calls like that, because any call can turn into a situation like that. When the call comes in, initially the police officers have really only got the information that the person calling in has given to dispatch, right? So uh, even a simple uh, call could become something big, and oftentimes uh, something that appears big, you'll get there and it's it's small. Um, and so be prepared for anything seems to be uh, a posture that I think our police have to find themselves in, and that's not an easy one. But we really are very blessed in our city that we've got officers who will show up quickly, uh, who will uh, respond accordingly, who will care appropriately, and uh, do what needs to be done in this situation. Uh, so, so tragic, uh, a needless loss of life. Um, was responded to too well, but uh, how, how, how sad that uh, it happened, and our thoughts and our prayers uh, certainly go to the friends and family of, of this young man. It is, absolutely. And in fact, it truly, when I found this article, as I was just kind of looking for some other things, it, it, it was shocking, Andy and Producer Robin, because truly, as Chief mentioned in our last episode, that this community it really is a safe community. It's a it's a community in which uh, certainly we're not perfect, but but we um, we we are caring by nature, and uh, and so yeah, it really is unfortunate. And our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the Cummings family. But uh, do want to give a special shout out to Chief Krantz and the entire team. He was interviewed uh, in as a part of that report and and just uh, did a great job of uh, representing our city and the police department well. Well, we have a lot of great leaders and those involved in the Castleberry community, uh, and one of them is an upcoming podcast partner, Alia Farid. We are proud to be sponsored by Edward Jones Financial. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. Alia Farid, your Castleberry Edward Jones financial advisor, is here to help you. She will work to build a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so she can help you achieve what's most important. Call Alia Farid at 407-678-0658 to schedule an appointment today. Edward Jones Financial, member SIPC. And now it's time for our new segment for all the business leaders out there with a word of wisdom from Ed Pisani Jr. Hello there. This is Ed Pisani Jr. with the Castleberry Chamber of Commerce. I'm one of the board members, and I'm also the owner of I4 Web Services. And this is your business tip in a minute. Today, I want to talk to you about start while you're still employed. Yeah, that's a very simple idea, but so many people don't take into consideration. If you already have a job, you already have an income, start a side business part-time. Go ahead 
and get that license or certificate or that proficiency to start your business. Get it all set up and squared away while you're still having income from your employer. And then when you get to a place where the business is making so much money, it replaces your current income, then go ahead and leave your job. It's always good to stay employed, have that income so you can take care of your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, your internet, your entertainment, taking your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend out and really have a chance to get yourself situated. And sometimes you may find out you need that extra. All right. Well, this has been enjoyable. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Welcome back, listeners, to our favorite part of the show, because we get to talk with someone far more interesting than us. And uh, I wish we could have uh, recorded our conversation before this conversation, Joshua. Oh, well, I don't know if they would have tuned in as well, you know, with what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Maybe that's a little teaser. But listeners, we are thrilled today to have with us Joshua Weidenhammer from Catholic Charities. Again, finding out lots about Joshua, and you will learn more about him over the next few minutes. But just by way of introduction, Joshua, and this is on the script, we understand you're good at karaoke. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, boy, my go-to song is Fever oh. by Michael Buble. Ooh. Oh, or... Lonesome, Ownery, and Mean by Waylon Jennings. So, you know, got a little bit of both. Okay. Well, those answers tell us a lot about you, too. <laughs> yes, it does. And we probably don't have the budget to get the rights to play that song in the background. So, listener, you're just I having, know. Otherwise, yeah, we'd have you, you get, sing it. I'm so sorry. Exactly. We're just a poor podcast. <laughs> you can't afford to pay the rights. All right. Let's get to our questions. Not necessarily our serious questions, but our questions. So, first question. If a ghostwriter were to work to write your biography, what would the overview summary on the back of the book read about you? Oh, boy. I think it would be about balance, uh, that this is a man who came from a very impoverished setting and has found a way to um, achieve the various aspects of his dreams. So I've always wanted to be an entertainer and in the arts, and I've always wanted to be a father, and I've always wanted to help others. And I found a way in my life to, I've worked for nonprofits consistently since I was 18 years old. I've uh, got a, three beautiful children, and I have been working as a music producer, theater director, actor, artist, musician in, in those 20 years. So it's about finding a balance so that I can raise my kids, put a roof over my head, but still do the things I want to do, and that's to create. That sounds like a book I would like to read. Yeah, or a movie even. That's great. Well, Joshua, uh, so the three things I heard you stand out, father, uh, entertainer, and helping other people, how would you kind of sum up um, those roles in just the day-to-day life now? Maybe unpack what is what is that look like in this particular season? How do those three intersect? Sure. Well, this season's been a little different because I'm a single dad for the past three years. And, you know, just learning to get my bearings as a single parent. But also the evenings I don't have my kids, I, I record music or I play in clubs. And then as I'm in my role as business development manager at Pathways to Care, I try to bring some of my express love for arts and creativity to my work so we do karaoke at the facility we do little writing workshops like self-authoring workshops Um, and i try to bring in other and other creative therapists artists to do that so i think i'm finding a balance i I love 
and forgive me, this is a complete tangent. I did tell you we may not stay on script. Did I mention that to you? It's all right. It's I, I, I just love, I, I we probably need to get into how you're helping people fall before, but I love that um, so many care providers in the nonprofit space just kind of say, you need to do this, 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 and this. But you are engaging um, lots of creativity and art to, to really kind of pull out of people who they really are. Yeah, I think that that comes from my experience working with intellectually disabled folks. So that's what I did before I started supporting homeless people. And I ran uh, a program in Massachusetts for about 10 years. And in that, I had occupational therapists, physical therapists, um, speech therapists that I oversaw. And I had an opportunity to work with Leslie University, which specialized in like expressive arts therapy. And that could be dance movement therapists, art therapists. And even though some of the roles that they played in the facility were a little inflated, like I honestly don't think you need to spend $100,000 to be a successful expressive therapist in the, the arts. But I did pick up on some of the modalities and how they were really able to draw things out of people. Um, and, and just as a youngster in the theater, that was really where I found a lot of confidence in a, in a broken home. And so I really carry that with me because I don't think if it, you know, I've been playing in bands in the theater since I was a kid, and I think I would have really chose gangs or street culture if I didn't have those opportunities. So, you know, I have a lot of gratitude for them, and I've seen the way they've helped develop me as a man into a better person. I love that. Even though you didn't grow up necessarily in our community of Castleberry, uh, art is something that helps identify you and round you out as a person. Uh, the arts are a really big deal in Castleberry. We've had previous guests on talk about um, sculptures and art classes and uh, various opportunities uh, there. What, thinking about just the, the community of Castleberry, Joshua, I know you, we got to know you a little bit through the Castleberry Chamber of Commerce. What's been just your initial kind of uh, appreciation about, about the community? Uh, and, and perhaps what have you seen that has you think is a positive asset uh, within the Castleberry community? It could be arts. It could be something else. Well, what I like about Castleberry, I don't live here. I live in College Park. My grandparents live in Castleberry, and they've lived here for 30 years, so I'm a little familiar with that. Oh, they know. Yeah, they know. But I love that it's like it almost feels like a Main Street kind of town, especially you come from New... I was living in New England for a while. You know, it's... um, it feels like that when you go down to the, the the town hall, the police station, the park there, the food trucks. There's um, local art groups that are there in tents. There's musicians there. I just like that small hometown feel of it. I'm trying to find a home here, actually, um, because I, I it does remind me of, of New England, and I kind of don't like the city life too much. So um, that's something that I've seen that's very abundant here. That's that's interesting to hear your perspective as as kind of insiders who've lived in the city for for a while. We kind of feel that, but we sometimes wonder, well, is that just because we're a part of it and and we're biased towards that? But that's um that that's that's really encouraging, and I think that's a very attractive thing that Castleberry offers to Central Florida as well. There's not too many places like that around anymore. So let's let's get back to business. You currently work. As the business director for Pathways to Care, correct. tell us about that organization. So Pathways to Care is a medical respite program. We're a licensed 
assisted living facility. But what we do is offer medical respite for people who are experiencing homelessness. We have 34 beds in that facility. And then we also have a step two program, something we call step two, which is like transitional housing. And it has 20 beds in it. So it's managed by Catholic Charities of Central Florida. It's one of the healthcare ministries there. And in my research, there's probably about 50 or 60 medical respite programs in the country. And we're probably the largest that I've found. Uh, we were formed in 2003 and founded by Father John Blewett, who was the pastor over at St. Stephen's Church just around the corner here. Yeah, right, right up the road. Mm-hmm. Father John is uh, one of those people who is more busy in his retirement than I think he was in his uh, pastoring. I only know him in retirement, but I get a handful of calls a week from him. So I know he's knocking on doors and still doing the business. And what was your primary motivation then for, for being involved? Oh, boy. Well, it's more of a personal thing. I, you know, moved back to Florida after a divorce. But, you know, I quit my job 90 days before I got this job. So I put in my resignation in Massachusetts and uh, President Gary Tester called me the day before I left with all my boxes packed and said, how'd you like this? How'd you like to have this job? And um, I took it as a sign from, from the Lord actually. And I have a much bigger story to tell about that. It was a strange event that got me down here. I've always wanted to work for a faith-based organization. I've worked in nonprofits my whole career, and there's this lack of acknowledgement of faith or any of that in the work that we would do, even though it might have been philosophically mm. and mission-oriented on the same page. There was this, like, don't talk about that stuff here. And it's, it's so refreshing to walk into an organization where I don't have to just focus on diversity and inclusion courses, and I can actually focus on prayer and some of the things that are, some of the values that inform my caregiving and mission-driven work. Yeah, I love that. That's a great, really good, good answer. Can we just lean into the kind of homeless situation a little bit? Because that's a big topic in Central Florida right now. You know, if you pick up the paper, there's normally something about a homeless crisis and our affordable housing crisis every day and you're obviously on the kind of front lines of that so talk to us about what you see on the front lines in terms of this this homelessness issue in our, our neighborhood i mean we we've got just today i've got 42 men and women wow. living there and there's no room for anybody else at the end and the referrals are coming you know i've participated in some of the counts that go on in the camps and things yeah I don't know what's driving it all. It's easy to, you know, have conjecture about it, but um, yeah. yeah, everybody seems. Yeah, to have everybody some. has an answer, <laughs> but the solutions aren't really there. What I see is a lot of broken people, and what I've come to find after interviewing people, what's so fascinating to me, it's always like an event. It's like a divorce. It's like a death of mom. My mom died, and then I just kind of went into a spiral, and I picked up the bottle, and then I lost my job, and next thing you know, I got nothing, and now I've got an amputated leg, and, you know, I, I've got cancer, you know, all these kind of things. Um, that's what I always find so fascinating. It's like it's a traumatic event, and there's not much emotional recovery, and it tends to just spiral into all the aspects of the life. 
So leading into that, then I mean, a lot of our listeners, Joshua, are are men and women who are involved in the city, um, either in the business community, political, just just social. Uh, we have caring people in our community. Uh, yeah. How would you speak to, based on just your experience and interacting with those, I love that you are actually interviewing, and I think we want to hear more about some stories. Before we get there, just speaking to the community individuals, what is our response, you know, in, in, in engaging with the homeless? I mean, you know, there's much debate on, do you, do you give out money? Do you not? Do you, you know, what would you say would be well, encouraging? Well, I think that's a personal approach in terms of the money. What informs me as a Catholic organization is our Catholic social teaching, which is basically Matthew 25. You know, for I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. A stranger, you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. There are many times I get some seedy men and women that I don't have a lot of trust for, and the people around me do. And it's not a personal thing. It's just about being the hands and feet of Christ and doing that. For the community, I'd love to call them to that same Catholic social teaching, that call to be Christ. But at the same time, I just want to also understand that they're in different places. And it's just to consider yourself as somebody who could also end up in that situation. Because many of the people I've met had great businesses, at a 4,000-square-foot home, but something tragic happened, and their response wasn't the most productive. And we all are could be doomed for that same response because it hurts to have something like that happen. And we might not have the community or family in our lives to really help us through that um, difficult time. And the next thing you know, three months later, you could be out of all your savings and be out on the street too because there really isn't options for a lot of people out there. Great answer. I love that posture from Catholic Charities. And, and those, those words of Jesus, too. We, we tend to sit and philosophize. Is that philosophize? Is that a word? Yeah. It works? About, um, you know, what we should do and how did this happen. But really, there's just this just do it call, <laughs> right? And, and I love that you guys are seeing a problem, solving a problem, without spending forever in perpetuity just going round and round and round the issue. Well, and it's, and it's people too, right? It's it, identifying, hey, we, can, we, we can't necessarily come up with one solution that's going to solve, solve quote-unquote, homelessness, but, but we can engage with those that the Lord or, or the community allows to come into our, our midst. I agree with you, Drew. I mean, I don't know what the answer to long-term homelessness is. I mean, I don't think I'm the expert on this panel to answer. Oh, around this room, you are definitely the expert. <laughs> well, when we're cha- when we're challenged, though, you know, because the people that we're supporting there aren't the most easy people to support. If you get my drift, okay? Sometimes they're challenged, and their challenges are interrupting our own lives. And I think around that crew at at Pathways to Care, when the doubt hit, like, should we just discharge this person? I think when we have that. If we come back to our social teaching, 100% of the time we found that we did the right thing by just providing the service no matter how uncomfortable it might feel sometimes. So tell us some stories. What are, what are some of those um, stories that kind of breathe life into your mission? You know, we, there are a lot of very challenging 
difficult situations. And there's a lot of times we don't get it right as caregivers, but there are those special moments when we do. Uh, sh share some of the stories of the, the impact that you guys have. Sure. One thing that comes to mind, I'll just call this guy David. He's a Castleberry resident, about 33 years old. All of a sudden, during COVID, he loses his job. Uh, he gets laid off from his job, and the next thing he knows, he has got some terrible stomach pain. He goes to the hospital and finds out he's got stage 4 colon cancer, 34 years old. Nothing to pay for, no health insurance, no job, and all of his family has passed away. He comes to live with us. We help get him to all his appointments, get all his radiation done. He gets an ostomy bag and everything, gets cured of the cancer, transitions out of our uh, assisted living facility into our step two, starts yeah. working, yeah. living there for six months. Now he's been able to save three or $5,000 to get the down payment. Wow. Now he's got his own house, still working and healed. That probably wouldn't have happened. Like what was the hope for him without a safe place to heal? Sure, he could have gone to the hospital, gotten the ostomy, but where's he gonna heal on the streets? And what's his rate of survival on the streets being a guy with that kind of baggage, literally? Yeah. Housed him, brought him to his appointments, Listened to him when he had his moments, uh, supported him in, in a social work setting. Yeah, you didn't you just house him. You saved his life. Another quick story, a woman who's from Guatemala, I believe, um, is trafficked into the country, sex trafficked illegally, um, used to own her own shop in Guatemala, lots of fancy clothes, um, lived with some people in Florida who said that they were going to support her, like uh, partners, you know, and had a similar story, tried to traffic her themselves once they got into central Florida. Oh, my God. She went to the hospital and said she had a stomachache, but she didn't really. She was just trying to get out of that situation. She came to live with us, found out she had all this talent. We prayed and prayed. All of a sudden, somebody came and heard her story, gave her a sewing machine, gave her all kinds of sewing equipment, she started selling all that stuff and now is living in Texas with her family. But she was able to survive and keep her head up during all this time to get to where she needs to go. So those are just a couple stories that I've encountered in the past few months that are, are really cool. That's powerful. It, that Joshua, that really speaks to what this podcast is about. We want to inform and inspire people that there are real stories happening right here in central Florida. I mean, obviously those may not have been directly in Castleberry, but just in the immediate surrounding area that we could all uh, participate in, in helping serve those uh, in, in need. So super encouraging. That's really exciting. Uh, maybe a couple questions as we, as we look to wrap up our conversation, the time is flying by, which Andy and I always joke, that's the sign of a good conversation when there's no awkward pauses and kind of, no, Drew keeps looking at producer Robin saying, how long we got left? I'm like, whatever, just keep going. <laughs> to, so, so I mentioned earlier, we met you at the, uh, the chamber of commerce and uh, Andy and I are, are both members of, uh, yeah. and you're on, and you're on the board. Yeah. So tell us about that experience and, and just how uh, you hope to, to see pathways to care kind of link up with uh, kind of what's happening in, in the business community. Sure. I've been on a lot of boards in my, in my nonprofit career, and this just seemed like a good fit. You know, we're in Castleberry. We need to increase our visibility, increase our relationships, partnerships. I got involved. Now I'm on the board. I'm, I've joined with them. Um, I think that's going to be helpful. I've already met other, uh, 
people on on that team who have have similar passions, uh, similar not necessarily missions, but um, it's it's very helpful. Since I've been on that board, we've had more volunteers, for instance, come in and help us more donations and things. I also think it's helpful because there's some big players in the city of Castleberry, the planners, the the commissioners, the mayor, things that you can help advocate for the homeless service population in this area, one of them being affordable housing that we're lacking everywhere. Which which is a whole other conversation that I'd love to have, but Robin's probably like, our time is up. So just to, just to <laughs> kind of go back to that and kind of wrapping up, the two things I love about that. One, you and Catholic Charity has been part of us, makes us a more caring community. And, you know, we talked earlier in the conversation about how Casper has this kind of small town family feel. And a part of that is that we can genuinely care for one another. And so I love that you've got a seat at the table and you continue to nudge us uh, neighbor to neighbor, ha- however it works out, to, to care for one another. Um, and you model that through what you do, how you live. And, and so thank you for that. The, the other blessing, I think, for our community of having you and Catholic Charities so close and so involved with us is that it gives our community a resource to lean into when we want to, but when we can't or don't know how to. How can Catholic Charities serve people who have a heart to care? If in terms of Catholic Charities of Central Florida, we have many opportunities. There's a food pantry. There's a family stability program. There's a refugee program. And then there's the healthcare ministry, which has a variety of dental clinics and free medical clinics around the outskirts of Central Florida. And then you have Pathways to Care. What was your question? I, I don't know, but I think you answered it because what, what I wanted was for our listeners to know that those resources are there on their doorstep. And yeah. so if we see something, if we feel something, we, we don't have to bury that. There is a way that we can make a difference. What I encourage people to do is just call me. You don't need a specific need for service at Pathways to Care. That's fine. But you have a consideration for people that are experiencing homelessness in your area or a buddy of yours or a family member that you need to get somewhere to and you don't have answers, I'm happy to receive your call and at least put you in touch with what I know. It might not be Pathways to Care. It might not be Catholic Charities, but we need to open the door for conversation and and, an invitation for the community to know, hey, Josh is down there. Let's give Josh a call. Um, And I want to be the face of of the healthcare ministries at Cal, a part of the faces of healthcare ministries that say that, hey, I'm at least available to talk to you for a few minutes and point you in the right direction, as opposed to calling a telephone line that might not answer you. So that's really what I would encourage volunteers or people looking to help others experiencing homelessness. So the, the next and final question then, Joshua, is how do people contact you and find out more about the resources available? Sure. I, I welcome you to visit our website at pathwaystocare.org. Um, and I encourage you to call the office numbers listed there. But you can also reach me directly on my, on my line at 978-514-5606. And I'm happy to speak to you about anything we offer at Catholic Charities at Pathways to Care or something social service related in the area.
Joshua, thank you so much for your time today. But beyond that, thank you for all the care that you do distribute into our community. It is appreciated, and uh, we hope to reciprocate uh, by supporting the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Andy and Drew. God bless you both. Appreciate it. Drew, what a great conversation with Joshua. As we were talking about what it means to care, I believe that you have a quote to share with us today from someone who distributed a lot of care into our yes, world. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Andy. This is from uh, Mother Teresa, which I feel like no other explanation needs to be provided. Mother Teresa is known by everyone. She said this, amongst many other wise things, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. As much as we desire to be outward facing into the community, we want to see Castleberry become the very best that it can be. Uh, we have business leaders listening. We have those in politics and just uh, community movers and shakers. Ultimately, real change and real community growth and development starts at home. Uh, I know in my life, have, raising two and soon to be four young children, uh, my wife and I talk often about the need to uh, engage them, uh, engage our children, love them well, point them to our value system and to be a good citizen, knowing that they're only going to be babies for a short time. They'll be uh, in, in potentially impactful citizens for the entirety of their life. So I uh, want to encourage myself, Andy, Robin, all of us to, uh, as we think about our community and our world, if you want to change the world, first and foremost, go home and love and invest in your family. Thank you, Mother Teresa. And thank you, Drew. Thank you, Producer Robin. Thank you, Joshua. And thank you, listener, for giving us your time and sharing it with you. We hope that there has been something that has been encouraging and inspiring for you on this episode. We're so glad you're a part of our What's Up Castleberry community. We would encourage you to share this episode. If you will rate and review us, that will help us. If you will follow us on social media, would love that at What's Up Castleberry. And don't forget to go to our brilliantly and beautifully designed website, whatsupcastleberry.com where you can find out who we are why we do what we do and listen should you desire to every single one of our 125 episodes can't wait to talk to you again soon but until then take care <laughs>